Hey Mules and Jennies, this is Austin and Carson and we're from the UCM Career Services Center and welcome to the Mules with a Mission podcast. So today our topic is interviewing and our title is job interviews are like first dates. Awkward, unpredictable, worth it. Except for some people their first dates are more awkward than worth it, but you know, it happens. Um, so today we're going to talk about interviewing. We're going to touch a little bit about the difference between phone, virtual, and in-person, especially now that today we're moving to more phone and virtual interviewing appointments. So yeah, let's jump right into it. Um, so obviously the difference between phone and virtual compared to in-person is that lack of face-to-face. Um, I think a lot of people work a lot better with talking face-to-face and being more personable with someone in the in-person. So you still have to have similar etiquette with both. Um, especially when you're doing virtual, making sure you're professionally dressed because they can still see you even if you're not in person with them. Um, so making sure your professional dress is still good. But in terms of etiquette, it's all the same. Um, so don't chew gum. They don't want to hear you smacking, especially if your mic picks up a lot. Um, then your smacking is just intensified and it's just kind of rude to be smacking on your gum anyway when you're doing an interview. It can also be distracting. If you're nervous, you might be blowing bubbles and it pops and that's just not good to have. So just don't chew gum. For men, making sure that you're clean shaven. You don't have to have a full bald face, but just making sure if you have facial hair that it looks neat and tidy. Dressing professionally, as I've talked about, bringing questions to an interview is big. Um, Bringing questions to the interview will show that you've done your research. Um, So asking them questions about their company specifically, you can ask them questions about what the job looks like in their company. Um, So a lot of people have the same job titles, but it could be different for each company. So asking them a little bit about that job position and what they do in in that company specifically. But you could even talk about stuff that the company does outside of work. So if they do any like charity events or nonprofits, if they partner with any nonprofits, um, if you know that kind of information, you can ask some questions about that. And that really impresses the employer showing that you've done your research on them and that you came prepared for the interview. Another one is distractions. A big distraction now is just smart devices in any way, shape, or form. Um, Apple watches, those buzz all the time and you're tempted to look at them. Uh, Your phone will buzz in your pocket. Even if you put it on silent, you might still be inclined to look at your phone just to see if anyone had messaged you. Um, So just keeping that stuff, we recommend in the car, just keeping it in your car. Interviews aren't usually that long and it's not that important for you to text anyone during. So just leave it in your car, leave it somewhere you know it's out of your sight and out of your reach to really focus on the interview. Along with distractions like gum, don't do that. A lot of people have nervous tics. I have one, which I talk with my hands a lot, but my hands flail around even more when I get nervous. Um, so I've learned to keep that down, but just watch your nervous tics saying, um, I've been saying, um, throughout this podcast, you've probably heard me. Um, I'm not good at this. See, I just did it again. So just be aware of those nervous tics as well. Employers really notice those. So just keep track of those. All right. And in interviewing, Carson mentioned a little bit earlier, professional dress. So this looks a little bit different than what you typically wear to like church. The best way to kind of explain it, to kind of put it in perspective, it's very similar to how you dress to go to like a wedding or a super, super formal event. Uh, It's not exactly a tuxedo, but it is a full suit for men, including the jacket, the tie, probably not a bow tie. So it would just be one of your normal ties, either one you tie yourself or a zip up one. And you mentioned a little bit earlier, clean shavenness that also goes along with professional dress. 
So that's kind of what it looks like for men. Uh, but for women, it looks a little bit different. They have more variability when it comes to how they can dress and still keep it professional. One thing to kind of note there is women can also wear dresses or skirts or anything like that. More or less the skirt, but when it comes with that, you don't want it to be too short. So typically in our office and what we kind of recommend is either at knee or longer. Uh, you don't want anything to be too short. Along with that, uh, when you're wearing a skirt, uh, you have a you know a nice blousey shirt or a button-up, but you also have that blazer to go over it. That just kind of adds to that professional dress. Professional dress is also, I don't want to say dull in colors, but you don't exactly want to walk into an interview wearing like a neon orange or a neon red blazer, anything crazy like that. You want to kind of keep it casual, khaki, black, navy, deeper colors like that that aren't too crazy. To describe both of these topics a little bit more, we have a special guest speaker joining us today via Zoom. Today, we are meeting with Katie Lenz from BKD to talk about interviewing and professional dress. Hello, nice to be here. How are you doing today? We're doing great. We're right in the thick of the fall recruiting season, so it's been really interesting to see how everything has lined up with the virtual and honestly how quickly all of the students have just adapted like it's no big deal. So I've appreciated that for sure. Awesome. It's good to hear. So before we kind of get into the questions a little bit, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about BKD? Sure, sure. So um, BKD is a nationally ranked accounting firm. We are a mid-sized firm, which means we're based in the United States. We still serve clients internationally, but we don't have any operations overseas. Through a group called Praxity, we are able to interact with our overseas clients and, and provide the best client service that we can. But in terms of having like a location in the UK or anything like that, um, we rely on those peer firms. Um, as a firm, we rotate anywhere between the top 10 and top 15 based on what mergers and acquisitions are going on any given day. Um, we have about 3,000 employees at, at present and just under 700 million in net revenue. We serve clients in all different industries across the footprint of the country. We do um, accounting, tax audit, and consulting services, just about anything financial you can see we're definitely going to be your go-to trusted advisors there. Um, in terms about me and my background, so I um, am a, what I call a reformed auditor and that I started my career in the accounting world as an auditor with BKD. Um, I actually did an audit and tax internship way back as, as a junior and um, decided that audit would be a better fit for me. And at BKD, one of the really cool things that I like is our CEO is really big about picking something to add value that's something you're passionate about outside of your day-to-day -day responsibilities. So for me, that was recruiting. And after my third year, I was able to step into a position based on somebody leaving transition locations where I got to be a full-time recruiter. And um, when the opportunity came to choose between recruiting and audit, and I could see that my peers were a little bit more interested in some of the, the cool technical pieces that they were engaged in, I was really focused on the people aspect of it. So um, talent acquisition seemed like a good fit. Um, that, was, that was, like I said, three years into my career. And since then I've worn a lot of different hats at the firm. I have um, been the full-time recruiter for the Indiana region. Um, and I have rec more recently covered our East region and our Texas regions as a recruiting manager. I also serve as our camp director. So I oversee the new training programs for our associates. When it comes to interviewing, I know 
it's kind of a scary thing. So that's why we wanted to bring you in and talk about it a little bit, just to make it not seem as scary. So what are the top three to five things that an interviewee can do to get ready for their interview? I, I love that you said it's kind of scary because that's how it is for recruiters as well. Um, it's sort of that approaching the unknown and speaking to a stranger, trying to get to know them in 30 minutes. It's kind of hard to do, right? But in terms of the top three things that I would say that, that students can best do to prepare for an interview, first and foremost, know the position and how your experience aligns with that. You don't necessarily have to have you know, long history in, in tax work if you want to be a tax preparer, but what you can pull is things from your background. So let's say that you are a server in a restaurant, for example. You have experience with managing money. You have experience with managing your time. You'll have experience with client service and what it means to provide that in an unmatched level. Those are the things that we want to hear you pull from in an interview. So when you can align the, that experience that you've had with the position you're looking for, you're going to set yourself up for success. Um, the next thing I would say is do your research on the company. If you can get to know who you're going to be interviewing with, add them on LinkedIn, look at their profile, see where you have those connection points, because that's what interviews are. They're about finding connections, right? Um, I prefer it when somebody knows more about what my organization cares about. BKD is really invested in the community. We really focus on creating individualized opportunities for employees. So when somebody can bring that into an interview versus how many employees we have or where our offices are located, that means a little bit more to me. And it, it's what they care versus just simple facts and figures. Um, and then the final thing I would say is just practice. Practice a lot. Practice as much as you can, even when it's awkward. Um, I once helped a friend ahead of an interview by texting them a question each day leading up to their interview. And they said that was the most helpful thing because it was on you know, spur of the moment and they were able to answer them while they were on their commute in real time. And all the schools that we recruit at have amazing career service departments. Go sign up time to meet with somebody, do practice interviews. They're very, very skilled in understanding what companies are looking for, and they have deep-rooted relationships with these organizations already, so they can really steer you in the right direction. Um, the final piece I would say in terms of practices is don't be afraid to reach out to those that just had the job that you wanted. So if you're in a student organization or let's say a business fraternity or social fraternity, find somebody who just did an internship at one of the companies that you want to do. Ask them what the interview was like, who they interviewed with, what was the hardest question they had to answer. Be prepared for those types of things and that will allow you to better prepare yourself. Very cool. Um, so I know another question that we had and you had touched on it on one thing of kind of just being prepared to answer the questions um, yeah. and uh, all that. Um, but when it comes to interviewing, uh, what are top three things you look for in a candidate? Sure, that's a great question. So in general, as I do interviews, I'm looking for a comfortable conversation that isn't a back and forth interrogation. I wanna be able to put you in front of a partner, to put you in front of a client. The conversation can't always just be that simple volley where the interviewer is asking and you're simply answering them. Again, that conversation is what we're looking for. Um, the next thing is I'm wanting to understand what you're seeking out of that interview. Um, we're really big on getting people in the right seats and the right buses at BKD. So be honest here and that's okay. If you're somebody that, as I mentioned before, wants to work in, you know, uh, Russia or, or China, for example, we don't have 
a location that we can send you to there. So we may not be the best fit, but if you're not upfront about that, I won't be able to communicate that to you. So honesty is always more important than just collecting offers. Um, I would encourage students to really think about interviews as an opportunity for them to get information as much as they are an evaluation of the student by the employer. You mentioned a little bit earlier, kind of briefly, like looking up the employer and getting to know them a little bit. What is the importance of bringing questions to an interview to ask that employer or recruiter or whoever's interviewing you? Yeah, so like I said, I'm really looking for that, that conversation. If it's just me having to fill 30 minutes of time with just asking questions of the student, that gets dry really easily, right? This should be your chance for learning about the organization. If we think of public accounting in general, you know, gap is gap everywhere. So asking somebody what's the day in the life is, it's an, it's an important and valid question, but an auditor who is going to work on a financial institutions client at a mid-sized firm is probably going to be performing similar work at similar firms. So the way that you ask those questions is more how you garner that information specific to that firm. So ask about the client size, ask about the exposure to client leadership, ask about what the teams you're going to be working on look like. How often do you work on different teams? How often do you get to switch clients? When do you get to see different industries? How do you get to drive your own path? Those are the questions that I wanna see where you're getting more information than just some of the canned questions you can look up on Google. So a lot of it has gone into the conversational piece and researching. Um, and I know a lot of it will play into being more comfortable and confident in the interview. Um, but what are some ways that candidates can approach their nerves when going into an interview? I think it's okay to be nervous. To me, that shows that you care. Um, everybody has little tips and tricks, but for me, I think preparation, resilience, and experience are those essential keys to ensuring that your nerves don't get the best of you. And if they do, we're all human. It's okay if you can ask to start again. I have had many, many students that I can tell get, get a little bit flustered by a question they weren't expecting, or perhaps they just had come out of an interview with another firm and they mentioned that firm instead of BKD. That's okay, we, we expect that. We also approach this as where you're, where you're at in the process. We wanna meet you where you are. In other words, if, if you're coming out of five interviews that day, we know it's okay. Don't feel like you can't say, you know what, can I take a second? Can I gather my thoughts? In terms of quieting nerves, I think that oftentimes students are most nervous because they, they feel so strongly about getting the offer, getting the job, impressing the interviewer. And they, they let that focus cloud their listening to the questions that are being asked and answering the questions that are being asked. So again, it comes down to preparation for me, but again, be human. We talk about nerves from an interviewee standpoint. What nerves are there from the interviewer? Are there any? Oh gosh, yes. Especially when we're doing on-campus interviews. I mean, it's, it's every kind of nerve from where am I supposed to park on a college campus to go to this obscure building to, you know, what are, what are the right things to ask? You know, from a compliance standpoint, there's certain things that we can and can't ask, but sometimes students bring those informa that information out, so how do we deflect? There's a lot of nerves that go into it, but, but none more that, that interviews are a two-way street, just as though we're looking to see if you're a good fit. We're very, very aware that interviews are a way for you to buy into our firm. So 
we're trying to put on the best example and the most honest example that we can for you guys. It's, it's very nerve wracking. There's a lot to remember. Um, I personally, when I go to do an interview is the night before I practice the interview questions that I'm going to ask and I watch old virtual recordings um, because I don't want to come off and I think nerves can sometimes be sort of contagious. So I don't want, I want to come off as cool and collected if that makes sense. So I have to prepare myself each time. For sure. Um, so with nerves flying around, I guess on both sides of the table, you've talked a lot about conversational and how that kind of personability plays a factor um, in just being able to have a good interview. Um, but sometimes people don't know the line of what's too personal to talk about. Um, so how do candidates show their personality but still stay professional during an interview? Oh gosh, I could tell you some great stories from interviews of what to do and maybe some what not to do on this topic. But um, honestly, I, I would say make it personal. Um, if you're asked, you know, a, a common question that, that we want to ask is how you handle stress or um, how you problem solve. Those are questions you're probably going to get asked in a lot of different interviews. And I think there, there's two things that happen when questions are being asked over and over. One, you feel like you're just a robot regurgitating information over and over, right? But the other thing is you pull from the examples that you think are going to impress the employer. Um, I, I always like when somebody pulls something a little bit more, more personal. So for example, they'll use a story from a vacation or from a summer job rather than from the group project that every person in your major has to do for that same class. Um, when it comes to humor, I, I'm a person that, that loves a good joke. I think humor is always appreciated. I think laughter is a good way to deal with those nerves. But I would say there's a time and a place for things like sarcasm. Um, and of course, never make somebody else the butt of your joke. Never make another firm the butt of your joke. And then the final piece, I, I would never be a person that tells somebody that they have to smile more. But I would say whether you're in person or virtual, you know, do try to make sure that that body language and your facial expressions do reflect the image that you're trying to portray. Um, I had a student who the, the form that their nerves manifested was yawning. And so the whole time this student was sitting and every time I asked a question, he'd say, you know, yawn the whole time. And I was like, man, I, you know, we can cut this early. And, and he was like, no, this is just what I do when I get nervous. And so of course I felt kind of bad about that, but try to get control over those things if they're, if those little nuances may not portray the image that you're trying to. For sure. And I'm sure those nuances can affect like how you view that interviewer or interviewee, my apologies. Mm -hmm. um, how does their attire affect the interview and your perspective of them? This is a great question. I think it's especially relevant right now with every being, everybody being pretty remote and you know, work from home can often come with an attire from home. Um, but, but I would say that attire is, is directly tied to first impression. And, and ultimately, that's what, is, what an interview is, right? It's that first impression. Um, there's things like the obvious, you know, don't wear a sweatshirt and shorts versus wearing a business suit. But there's also the less obvious, you know, fidgeting with a necklace or a sport coat that you've had balled up in your closet for a year. We notice those things. Um, when it comes to virtual interviews, your background is also a part of that appearance. So keep that in mind. We, we, um, 
we interviewed recently at a college campus that, that is known for apartment living and a lot of students live in, in, in one apartment and the quiet room that this person found to do an interview was, was in the bathroom, which, hey, that's fine, but maybe orient yourself so that the shower curtain is behind you rather than sitting on the toilet. Um, so backgrounds are, are important as well. Um, we don't do this at BKD, but um, I am aware of some firms that kind of work in like a stretch break or, you know, let's, they, in other words, I try to get the student to stand up. So just be aware of the business on top, party on bottom. If you're going to go casual on the bottom, just make sure that you stay seated if you <laughs> go for casual. Um, so we're going to kind of stray away from these yeah. interview questions real quick and That's ask you totally a fun question that we like to do on the podcast called the building block question. Um, so you were not prepared for this question. So we get to kind of see how you react on the spot. Um, no, so the you're question, talking about recruiters being nervous. Here exactly, I am. Exactly. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the question for you is what or who are you a closet fan of? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, so growing up, music, pop country wasn't, wasn't a thing. It was like old tiny country music. And even though I've never been like a scorned bride or anything like that, I'm, I've always been a fan of Tammy Wynette. And I don't know that a lot of people know who that is. I guess if you grew up around that time or you're a huge country fan, you probably do, but I love her music. I love it's, it's probably my guilty pleasure. Um, that's a good question. I don't, I'd have to give that some more thought, but that's who immediately comes. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely never heard of her. So. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, I'm an avid country fan and I actually haven't heard of her either. So. Oh, really? Oh gosh. Well, I feel like I'm learning you guys something here. So. <laughs> yeah, we learn, more, we learn more every day about asking these people <laughs> these questions. So we'll have to go check her out now. <laughs> Good, good. It's you certainly have to be in the mood for it. <laughs> but, but good question. Awesome. Well, those are actually all the questions we have for you today. I just want to say one more okay. time, thank you so much for taking your time thank out you. of your day to talk with us. Uh, it was great to have you on here. It was nice to virtually meet you both. Yeah, nice to meet you. Thank you for joining us again. Absolutely. Well, enjoy the rest of your day and uh, I look forward to hearing this soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. So this week we're bringing back Sarah, who is our crew-ready mule. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm doing just fine. So I got two questions for you today. The first one is, what have you done this month to remain career-ready? So this month I actually... Just a week ago, I got accepted into grad school, so I will be pursuing my MBA um, starting in January. So that's one of the steps that I've done to get career ready. Another thing I've done is to kind of reach out to um, different professors and um, faculty members to kind of get a gauge on their opinions on making sure I'm on target for my MBA, getting a gauge as to like, what are some things I can be doing in terms of GA ships, um, learning extra skills, participating in certain organizations, things like that to kind of get some secondhand um, opinions on my current path. Sounds great and congratulations on getting into grad school. Thank you. 
And my last question for you today, did you attend the virtual expo? And if so, what are your thoughts and opinions? I did attend the virtual expo and I thought it was very unique and interesting. It was definitely different than the past expos where you normally get to network with the employers face to face. Um, but having that 10 minutes one-on-one um, -on -one slot was very helpful to allow me to kind of get to know the employer a little bit more and actually have a conversation without feeling like somebody is right behind you waiting their turn. So I definitely enjoyed that aspect of being able to actually like create that personal rapport with the employers I had set up my one-on-ones and group discussions with. Alrighty, sounds great. Um, well, those are all the questions I have for you this month. We will be checking in again with you next month to see how you're doing and how that process is going. Once again, I just want to say congratulations on getting into grad school. And thank you so much for letting us take your time. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. That's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week with another episode of Meals with a Mission. Make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you have any questions, you can reach us at 660-543-4985 or email careers at ucmo.edu. We will see you next time.